0: sorry everybody oh my god didn't realize that we started it just froze up a little bit but i guess that's what's going to happen when you spend as much time with mitch mcconnell and when you look into this frozen housing market so much you can't help but start to freeze up a little bit as well there so i do apologize hopefully it doesn't happen again but thank you guys as always for joining us here on the daily peel live straight coming at you live from the daily Peels global headquarters we're talking everything markets shout out to everybody on the podcast listening later on definitely give us a like and leave us a review on spotify Those algorithms that helps boost us a ton so any comments that you leave would be huge if you're on the youtube like and subscribe because it takes literally two seconds and it helps me keep my job as well so help a brother out uh you know we'd love to see you guys and bring you all the market actions and all the other nonsense that's going on in the world so let's keep doing it let's have some fun with it while we do of course today we're coming at you with the daily peel live stream we got daily peel number 648 here for you guys today on this beautiful february 15th, 2024 it is currently twelve oh four PM, so good afternoon to everybody out there. Getting started a little bit later than usual. But like I said, we were freezing up a little bit from hanging out with my boy Mitch McConnell here a little bit too much. You know, I'm not one for making fun of the elderly, but when they do something as embarrassing as this while also being the reason that weed isn't legal across the United States, we're gonna take a few jabs at you along the way. But all right, now time to get away from the political stuff before you guys start blowing up my email. But let's go ahead and take a look at what was going on in the Daily Peel here today. Good morning to you too as well, Len Oz. It is actually afternoon and eastern time, but you must be out on the west coast or something, or you're just waking up. Which if you are, that means you're a true degenerate, just like the rest of us over here at the Daily Peel. Shout out to you, brother. All right, let's go ahead and take a look at what's going on today. If you guys read the edition, you know that we are talking housing horrors. That's the story of the day. Also, apologize for this monstrosity on the eyes right here. I forgot to cut things down a little bit. You know... Our editors, uh, pretty much everything that we do here at the Daily Peel runs on the Crackpot team, so we appreciate you guys bearing with us. That's not going to happen again tomorrow. We are talking everything housing-related, rising mortgage rates and all the other bullshit that's squeezing buyers like you and me out uh, of being able to purchase a home and move out of home and dad's basement. Then, of course, we did get some stock movements of the day. Lyft absolutely pops in one of the funniest typos of all time, one of the most profitable typos of all time as well, uh, whereas apparently eating mac and cheese and ketchup is no longer the move. Nobody told me, but that is what we're seeing in Kraft Heinz earnings report. Then, of course, finally, increased risk appetite is back. And I don't know if it's just because people are starting to feel the love given that Valentine's Day just happened. But people are definitely feeling a little bit more confident going forward. Also, hope you guys had a great Valentine's Day yesterday. Uh, Now, having a great Valentine's Day does require speaking to the opposite sex, of course. So uh, I would never know what that is like. But I hope that the rest of you enjoyed it and actually had a nice dinner or did something along those lines bought flowers bought chocolates you deserve it all of our wise apes out there you deserve the world especially all the chocolate that comes with it all right let's go ahead and move into some market snapshots of the day here i promise i'll try to read the numbers right today unlike yesterday but we did have a relatively solid day over here at the wso alpha portfolio our shares were able to rise about 0.94 percent just under one one percent we did under both the s&p and the nasdaq on the day stupid airbnb kept us a lot lower i mean i don't know why the stock opened much lower on the day in response to earnings, and it gradually ticked up and of the day down about 1%, at least of the last that I saw it. I think it's a complete overreaction to the Airbnb uh, kind of earnings report. Basically, they had to pay fat taxes to, like, the Italian government. They said the revenue beat wasn't enough. I mean, whatever. We're still holding it in the WSO Alpha portfolio. Let us know what your thoughts are. And, of course, we'll give you guys all of our thoughts on the stock movements of the day in just a minute. So be sure to stick with us through the live stream here today. NVIDIA, moving on to some banana bits of the day. NVIDIA, everybody's favorite stock in 2023, is now officially the third most valuable company in the United States. In the past week alone, it surpassed both Amazon and Google. It's both attributable to NVIDIA's rising and those two falling back in comparison. Now NVIDIA is only second to Microsoft and Apple. And of course, largely because of that, investors are all in on tech again. People are pouring into technology indices, and we'll talk about that. In just a minute as well it's a big part of the risk appetite being back on the table layoffs are coming at cisco as well this was pretty much the only earnings report that really mattered yesterday there was a couple other smaller cap names but this is a good bellwether for the uh, kind of communications networking equipment industry and it was absolute garbage because layoffs are coming cutting about five percent of their workforce uh, So tough scene for cisco and any of their shareholders then of course if you need investment advice definitely stay away from harvard there's a very unlikely source that you might want to go to and that would be baylor who actually has the second best performing uh the second best performing endowment in the entire united states definitely would not have guessed that that would be baylor but shout out to the bears if any of you are a Bear and you're a financial advisor give me a call because i could definitely use that. Oh, what's going on chris appreciate the comment there man thank you so much for the positivity by the way your hair looks great in that uh, linkedin profile or that youtube profile picture damn This guy's in a suit on his YouTube. I mean, that is all business all the time. So good for you, Chris. I hope you get that goldman job that you're undoubtedly going to be looking for. All right. Hope the last lacrosse season went well, too, because he definitely looks like he played that. Anyway, let's go ahead and move into some uh, stuff on the housing market. The house, the horrors, and the hopes of the overall housing market. So we didn't get any major news yesterday related to housing or anything, but we figured it was a good time to check in because there wasn't a whole lot else going on uh, with macro releases. That's very different here today. We're getting retail sales data that we'll be talking about tomorrow. But let's talk about the housing market for a quick second. So everybody knows that it's completely fucked lately. Mortgage rates have been absolutely through the roof. If we scroll down, we can check out this chart here. We're reaching mortgage levels that we haven't seen since the fucking Clinton administration. Uh, And I'm pretty sure that was before computers were even invented. Pretty sure dinosaurs were still walking the earth at that time as well. But either way, we are seeing mortgage rates back up in that territory. We're not at 8% again, but we are closing back in on that 7% range squeezing buyers out of the market, so we wanted to check that here. There's a lot going on that some people aren't considering, like the fact that dogs now require their own bedroom. Everybody wants a house as nice as Drake and Josh or as nice as goddamn Richie Rich or something like that. But that is what we're seeing in the market today, and that's one of the things that's causing this very frozen status of the housing market overall. So standard 30-year fixed mortgage rates, they did rise from 6.8 to 6.87%. As a result, buyers are pulling back Housing supply does remain the key driver, however. So interest rates, they're gonna move obviously in response to the Federal Reserve, but they move in response to market dynamics as well. Just like any other market, the housing market is totally dependent on supply and demand. And it's absolutely looking terrible right now. You could not be more right there, Nico. I definitely agree. It is not looking good for anybody out there looking to buy a home. If you are a seller, it's definitely looking good because you can drive a high price. You basically have all the power in the world. But if you're looking to purchase a house, you're definitely getting screwed that's largely because of inventory. So like I said, supply and demand, that's going to be the key driver here And due to chronic underbuilding that we can see in this chart in the decade following the global financial crisis. We have a drastic shortage of housing for you and me and everybody else that's going to be looking to buy a home within the next decade or so. Luckily, in recent years, really since the pandemic and the housing price explosion that took off with the work from home trend, uh, they are starting to build some more homes. So that inventory is increasing. It's getting back on par with demand. But it certainly does have a long way to go before it gets back there the other thing that nobody seems to be talking about however is the quality of the homes so in, in normal times existing homes make up the vast majority of housing sales in the united states it's exchanging one home to another but given that a lot of the inventory of existing homes are places that are built in the 60s 70s 80s with you know a couple of bedrooms bathrooms slap it together and call it a house uh, maybe give it a little bit of a yard too but given that nowadays everybody is wanting something much more i mean with, with goddamn stainless steel refrigerators that dispense water out of them at incredibly slow paces and all this other nonsense that really frustrates but that really just pisses you off in the moment but you need to have it in your house so all that nice stuff is kind of holding us back a little bit so that is also contributing to an increase in the average home price that we're seeing because as new homes become a larger percentage of the overall housing market new homes obviously drive a premium in terms of their overall cost because, you know, you're paying for the fact that nobody's taken a shit in your toilet before, which I think is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars more than an existing home or something like that, for example. So you're paying up for that premium as well contributing to higher home prices, along with that uh, incredibly low supply. High mortgages are supposed to take down home prices, but we're not seeing that just yet. And it's because of this dynamic that we're seeing a market as frozen as our boy Mitch McConnell. So, again, we don't like to bully the elderly, but when you make it so easy, it's really hard to resist and not to do so. Ultimately, the takeaway can be boiled down to a few things, and we can see these few things within Zillow's earnings report. Obviously, we did just release a report on Zillow as well. Uh, we gave it a $75 price target within about a year or two timeframe. And right within line with, with our expectations, revenue did decline year over year once again. However, revenue actually outperformed our uh, our projections in our DCF model. Basically, what I had modeled for was about uh, $1.93 billion. They're at about $1.94.5 billion dollars in total revenue in 2023. A little bit of a surprise to the upside. Things are definitely going well, and the stock price responded in kind. But so if you dive into the report a little bit, there was only one area that was actually growing from 2022 in terms of full-year revenue. If you look at fourth quarter revenue, pretty much every segment of revenue actually grew compared to the last quarter of 2022, because it was really the end of 22 and the beginning of 2023 when things were at the absolute worst. And so the only line item that we saw grow within Zillow's seg- re- revenue segments, and I promise I can speak English, was uh, mortgage originations. And so that wasn't necessarily because mortgage demand spiked higher. It did grow a little bit in comparison to the prior year, but it was really more so due to Zillow's offerings, more than double their mortgage origination fees though. So it's definitely good to see. Things are going well for Zillow. Go ahead and check out that report. I did link to it right here as well. So feel free to go check that. That should be the free version as well. If anybody can't access it, please shoot us an email and we'll get you all set up on that. But for now, let's go ahead and move into some stock movements of the day. Of course, we got to talk about Lyft, the most profitable typo in American corporate financial history. Basically, what happened was, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, but the most profitable typo in corporate American financial history. Lyft cfo came out here and basically said in their earnings report in our initial presentation that they were expecting margins to grow by about five percent in the current quarter the stock absolutely ripped it was up 60 percent immediately in response and then they did come out to their credit the cfo wasted no time in correcting this and said oh i didn't mean five percent actually meant half a percent so the stock ultimately finished the day only at 35.1 i'm sure they're not too mad about that but overall it was a solid quarter for Lyft. they lost more money than they were expected to which is still embarrassing to say, but it's definitely good for the share price. and Revenue did beat as well. I don't know how this company makes any goddamn money. Every time I pull up Lyft and Uber, Lyft is at one third of the price of an Uber. I swear to God, I could go on a twenty-minute ride from here to, uh, you know, like Top Golf or something, twenty minutes away, and it would cost me like three dollars, whereas an Uber it would be like twelve, which isn't even bad necessarily. So I have absolutely no idea how Lyft is able to make this work, but I'm going to keep robbing them. They keep giving me the opportunity to because it's clearly working out for me. And their stock price so far. All right, but finally we can go into Robinhood here. Now shout out to Lyft for the cheap rides, but absolutely fuck Robinhood for the expensive trading. Not necessarily because of the cost, but because of the payment for order flow. Now payment for order flow for retail traders really isn't that bad of a thing on an individual basis, but in the aggregate, it's pretty ass because pretty much all it does is pocket the uh, or line the pockets of people like Ken Griffin and others at Citadel and all these other market making firms. Either way robinhood did have a surprisingly strong quarter they managed to deliver three cents a share in profits everybody was expecting losses but they managed to pull it out uh, a little bit better than expected now degeneracy is still absolutely on the rise particularly in the crypto trading arena uh options trading revenue was really the only degenerate line item to fall for robinhood so we're gonna get back on that i don't know what's going on if you guys aren't in on zero day to expiration options or something we got to kick up that degeneracy in the equity markets it's definitely going down in the crypto market but hey we love to see it uh we I mean you guys know that we're just here for the degeneracy and the pure gambling so anytime we can get that we will absolutely take it moving on down into some of the other reports of the day some more uh, kind of normal companies i guess but so let's go ahead and take a look at Kraft Heinz here craft Heinz. i guess mac and cheese and ketchup is officially not the move anymore like i said at the top of the call nobody's getting that anymore sales missed estimates profits fell 8.2 percent for the year uh, sales were down two percent in the united states while the international segment was still growing strong So maybe internationally, they're still eating mac and cheese and ketchup. If you guys are mac and cheese and ketchup haters, I mean, you clearly are just living life uh, to the lowest, to the opposite of the bullets. So definitely get on that. Definitely try it once before and let me know what, what other weird shit you guys eat with ketchup. Personally, I've heard eggs are good with it. I'm not a psychopath, so I wouldn't try that. But mac and cheese is good. Why the fuck does this say Expedia? This was supposed to be Sony. I can't imagine why this says Expedia. Some very... Sorry for that. Again, you know, I'm probably going to go ahead and fire our editors, probably just everybody else at the Daily Peel after this, because, you know, I don't know what the hell else is going on when I'm not around, but somebody's getting fired because of this. I can assure you guys that no severance whatsoever. Anyway, this is not about Expedia. This is about Sony. And Sony came out with that report yesterday, and they said that uh, they were actually cutting their sales forecast to the PS5 in the current quarter. So Expedia actually doesn't sell PS5. Sony does, believe it or not. But they cut their guidance from 25 million to 21 million units for the quarter overall. Uh, Despite that, they did manage to still deliver record revenue in the fourth quarter. So it was all going well at the end of the year, but it's definitely not a hot start to 2024. Seems like a common theme for a lot of people, for a lot of these companies. They were saying like, hey, you know, we were riding the macro wave in 2023, despite the fact that they were crying about it, worrying up the wall the entire way throughout the year. Now in 2024, people are starting to get a little bit nervous. Weak demand is becoming much more commonly said on these uh, earnings calls and all that different kind of stuff. Nico with the laughing faces. Thank you for that, bro. I can't even tell you how much that means to me. Really appreciate the support as well. Let's go ahead and take a look at the thought banana for the day. I mean, it is absolutely provocative. It really does get people going when you see Risk Appetite getting this uh, this much more put back on. So this is a phenomenal quote from one of the greatest movies of all time, Blades of Glory definitely go ahead and check that out. It's also a great song from uh, or a great lyric from a song with Jay Z. I'm certainly not going to say the name of that song, but I think everybody knows what we're talking about. Either way, people are definitely fired up when we look at recession odds and risk appetite in response. The Fund Manager Survey from Bank of America, this is a monthly survey that uh, the United States' second largest bank, I'm pretty sure, it sends out every month. This is the first time since uh back in November 2022 or April 2022 that the baseline prediction is actually not for a recession yeah it's April 2022 that's this line item right here so we are saying that there is not going to be a recession not only are they saying it but they seem to be putting uh, putting that money where their mouth is as well so if we go ahead and take a look at even more optimism for the global economy uh so in addition to expecting not expecting a recession any longer fund managers are also expecting global growth to be the strongest that it has been in over two years and like we said not only are they just saying the economy's looking good they're putting their money where their mouth is as well so risk appetite for the next 30 days this is basically fund managers telling us how fired up they are this one actually came from the investment managers index which is from the s p s p global not the s p 500 uh, and basically showing that fund managers are you know getting fired up again this is a little bit more volatile but it's something good to see because if they were just coming out of here, talking out of their assets and saying things like, oh, the economy is going to be great, global growth is going to be phenomenal, but they weren't investing in it, we'd have a very tough time believing that. So ultimately, the takeaway here is that uh, in risk is back on, degeneracy is back on, so you know that we're all over that. We're very early adopters, any time that there becomes an uptick in this degeneracy. So if you're buying, we're definitely buying there with you. From a fundamental perspective, looking forward into the next quarter, the next big thing is obviously going to be rate movements. and at the end of the day, people still might be expecting, uh, well, if we look at the CME group probabilities, everybody's expecting rates to be held. That has changed up quite a bit over the past few months. If we look back at the timeline in December, everybody was very much expecting a cut in March. But when we take a second to actually think about what that would mean, uh, implying that a cut would be necessary in March, that means that the economy is fucked in some different kind of a way, that we need to be a to lower the restriction, make things a lot easier, make capital flow a lot easier as well. But if they're actually good with holding rates as they are, that's a good sign for the economy. It shows that things are going well and we can handle the uh tighter restrictive monetary nature. So, you know, just one of those things to consider. It's not all about valuations. We really should be looking at fundamentals more and more. But as you guys know, uh fund managers are getting excited. Uh, but could it be exactly at the wrong time? When we look back a year from now and laugh at these survey results, how risk gone is everybody feeling? Want to know what you guys are thinking and how you're moving in your portfolio. All right, finally we are gonna finish with our quote of the day. Um, oh, Nico's back with another comment here. Doesn't any hope for Pfizer after the Super Bowl? That's a very good question. I mean, Pfizer is a huge company, it's not going away anytime soon. Now, after the uh after the the COVID shots are definitely going away, they are still working on quite a few other things. I believe they have a fairly strong pipeline down the line. But the other big thing with a lot of these uh big healthcare companies is the patent cliff that's coming up. So there's a lot of patents over the next couple of years that are going to be expiring. It's a dangerous thing to just be blindly investing in. Like, you know, over the past decade or so, you would have done fine by just, you know, blindfolding yourself and shooting an arrow at any big healthcare stock. They all absolutely rip because premiums and uh, government assistance is making it much more expensive and padding their profit margins. With the patent clip coming up as well, I would say just look into it a little bit more in depthly. I don't know too much about Pfizer specifically. I'd have to look into it a little bit more. I would say it's definitely not going away tomorrow. And with all the government assistance that this company is used to getting, I would say that they could expect more if anything bad does happen. All right. I hope that's a good answer for you there, Nico. If you disagree, tell me how wrong I am as well. You guys know we're always looking for the smoke. But let's finish up with a wise investor quote of the day. So this one wasn't from anybody. It is a Wall Street proverb, but it's ball markets climb a wall of worry. Bear markets slide down a river of hope. We did climb that Wall of Worry in 2023. The question going forward is, are we going to continue to climb a Wall of Worry uh, into this year, next year, and maybe countless more years beyond that, or are we going to eventually be sliding down that river? All right, that about does it for us here today. Thank you guys for joining us here on the live stream. Looks like we had a lot of viewership here today. You're welcome, Nico. Thank you, brother. We should get a beer sometime or something. Anybody that comments a lot, I will buy a beer for, uh, but you have to be in person with me down here at the Daily Peel Global Headquarters. We'll figure that out offline. But thank you guys all for joining us here today. Uh, If you're listening on the podcast, if you're listening on the YouTube later on, try to join us for the live stream here today as well. But even if you can't make the live stream, leave a like, leave a comment. Uh, Make sure you don't tell me it's rotten as fuck though, because like I always say, I will cry myself to sleep. I will come and burn your house down as well. In the meantime, Eats, thank you so much for joining us here once again. Happy investing, happy trading. Happy Thursday. and hope everybody has a solid weekend. Uh, Actually, we'll see you tomorrow. So I wish you a solid weekend tomorrow, but have a great rest of your day. Otherwise, bye guys. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.